Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Together, we, the people of God, saved by his blood, have gathered as God's family to worship him. So let's worship him this morning. Let's begin as we read God's word back to him in worship. Let's begin by reading. Let's read together. Let's say it together. Therefore, love the Lord your God and always keep his mandate and his statutes, ordinances, and commands. Understand today that it is not your children who experienced or saw the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, strong hand, and outstretched arm. Your own eyes have seen every great work the Lord has done. We've seen the great work, so let's stand and sing of his great name. Let's stand and sing.
restart or find new people to connect with, a new D group. Now, what's the difference between a life group? A life group is about 12 or so people that you gather together in a home uh, or in a classroom to meet with other people. A D group is three, maybe four people that you're in a small micro group with to learn to read the Bible and to talk about discipleship together. And so if this is something that interests you, I encourage you, uh, I've got so much out of my D groups that I've been a, been a part of that you would please fill this out and then let us know when you're available during the week so we can set you up with some people uh, or we can connect you with someone. Now, if your group started in the last couple of months, some of you have done that, you guys can keep meeting. We just need to know that you all are meeting. But if your group's been meeting for a year, year and a half, it's time for you to find somebody else to keep that discipleship movement going and find a new group. So we're encouraging you to start. I'd like for you to go ahead and fill this out today and drop it off at the Next Steps desk so that we can start to build our D group rosters this fall. We'll still give you a couple of weeks before we get these together. But today, life groups, D groups, discipleship, that's what we want you to be thinking about. And we can help you take your next step moving closer to Christ. Now, you might be a guest here today. We hope that you feel welcome. We hope that somebody's talked to you already, or if not, they'll be talking to you later. But we do hope and encourage you, you will take your next steps in coming uh, to Hebron Baptist Church, but also getting plugged in in a life group. In the pew in front of you, there's two QR codes, and one of those is a Connect card. We'd hope that you would scan one of those. If this is your first time here especially, make sure that you scan it, fill out the, the registration form, and go to our next steps desk, which is through the double doors to the immediate left. If this is your first time here, we have a gift waiting for you. So we hope that you do that just so that we can connect with you today and know that you're here and see how we might help you. Now, if, you, if you're not tech savvy and that scan doesn't work, we have a paper copy that you can do at the next steps desk. But the most important thing is connect with us here today. Now, we hope you feel welcome as we've kind of got all these preliminaries out of the way. One of the things that we are called to do as God's people is to pray, to be a house of prayer. So it's our regular habit to gather together to pray for ourselves, uh, for Christ's kingdom, and for the world. So would you join me as we pray together this morning? Heavenly Father, we are thankful to be in your house and to be at a church that encourages people to be faithful and to grow in discipleship. One of our values is biblical faithfulness, that we want to do what the Bible tells us to do, unashamedly, obediently, and trusting. And Lord, I pray and thankful for all the elders, the teachers, the leaders, and members who are striving to be faithful to God's word. I pray for them that they would continue growing in biblical faithfulness, as they gather around in their life groups or their D groups, that they're encouraging one another to be faithful to your word. Maybe just gathering around at a soccer game or, or a dance recital or, or practice or wherever that they are encouraging one another in the word that they've read this week during their devotions. Whatever that is, God, we want to be in a spirit and in a, in a way of encouraging biblical faithfulness in each other's lives. And thank you for this church that sees that as important. Heavenly Father, we do lift up our life groups and D groups that will begin this fall. We pray that you would put in all of us, no matter our age, to be involved with people who are Christians, 
to encouraging us to live the Bible. And so, Lord, these two avenues, both in a larger group and a smaller setting, we hope that, Lord, that we would all find a place in one of these groups, uh, both of these groups, that, that would encourage us all the more to be more like your son, Jesus. Lord, we lift up uh, those who are in Maui who are, uh, who are struggling from the fires, and Lord, we, uh, we lift up relief. We're thankful for those who are sending relief and uh, the International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, Disaster Relief, and how they're already got boots on the ground with the gospel and provisions. We, we pray, Lord, for those people, the churches, we pray, Lord, knowing that in the times of strife and problems, you are there. So we pray, God, that as we consider ways to help, that we would pray that you and your name of your son Jesus would be alive and well. We lift up our brother, Mark Loy, who's still in the hospital, who is recovering uh, from surgery and all the complications that have come from it. Lord, you know the things that need to be healed right now. We know that that, Lord, you need to touch him in a divine way. We know that doctors have used every bit of information, and we know that, God, you can do something that they can't, something miraculous. And so, Lord, we just pray, God, uh, that as he's healing, Lord, that you heal his body. Do get the systems working that needs to get uh, working, and that, Lord, you would help him in his recovery from his fall. Lord, today, as we have the opportunity to meet our community and back to school bash uh, we pray lord you would bring people from the community here that we can connect with be with our people as we look for opportunities to be hospitable and get to know people who come on our premises and lord we pray that this would be a, just a good uh, encouragement to families a as they start the new year but also to be in church and to be connected to a church this school year for their children's sake and heavenly father we lift up our precious missionary family the Richard family in Argentina we pray Lord that Lord you would find them faithful you would protect them from the schemes of the evil one you would help them as you build your church there in Argentina be with them and the girls as Lord as they are growing in faith and wisdom and knowledge of you but Lord faithful to share the gospel and Lord today we admit there are often times that we are not faithful to God's word Lord whether it, be, uh, whether it be anxious for the world, whether it be uh, being disobedient in sin, whether veering off from small paths away from your word, God, guard our hearts, our minds, and our lives. Guard our families. And Lord, we admit fully that we have not been faithful, but instead, we look to your word, and we find the gospel. And the gospel is good news that even when we are not faithful, you have been faithful. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to find solace in the gospel, to know that we are forgiven, and to know that in the gospel is life. So Lord, we are thankful that even though that we fall short, you save and forgive us. We pray all of this in the precious name of your son Jesus, and all God's people said, now let's say this, uh, well, I will read the scripture of hope, knowing that it is, even though that we fail, Jesus is enough. So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone, so also 
Through one righteous act, there is justification leading for life for everyone. For justice, through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you stand your feet and let's sing together and rejoice in the power that is in the blood.
a shield for those who trust in you. A shield for those who trust in you. Everything will fade, everything will fade. The heavens and the earth will pass away. But you will remain, yes you will remain. Ground beneath 
series in Revelation. So turn in your devices, in your copy of God's Word, to Revelation chapter 1. If you want to use the Pew Bible, follow along with the translation I'll be reading from. It's page 1089, which may not help you because they have chosen to not put the uh, page number on the first page of a, ch of a book. And when you've got 2nd, 3rd, John, and Revelation, those are only one pages. So you're going to have to kind of look around. The easiest thing, we did the middle of the Bible for Psalms. Just go to the end and work your way back and you'll find Revelation chapter 1. Uh, we are going to begin this series through the first three chapters of Revelation as we look at the letters to the seven churches. Now, uh, some of you might be coming in and thinking pre-trib, pre-mill, post-mill, post-trib, Ah, Mill, all these wonderful Oz pre's and posts, and uh, you might hear some of that today. You might even hear it, but we believe here at Hebron Baptist Church, the Baptist faith message gives kind of guardrails that as long as you're in the Bible and you have different views of that, then you are happily in God's Word that you will find uh, well uh, placed here. Uh, today, we are going to be looking at the first three chapters that that we will be able to introduce the book of Revelation. That's ultimately what we're doing today. But ultimately understand uh, the Christ, the one who gives victory, victory and calls us to be faithful. And that is the message that he wants us to do, that he will give us victory and he calls us to be faithful. In the next couple of chapters of Revelation, we'll be reading how the church is we're being not faithful and faithful, and we'll be encouraged along the next couple of weeks in that. So today, we're going to begin in Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to learn and see that Jesus is the head of the church. He is the one who gives us victory. So beginning in chapter 1, verse 1, it reads, The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches of in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom of priests, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him so it is to be amen i am the alpha and omega says the lord god the one who is who was and who is to come the almighty i john your brother and partner in the affliction kingdom and endurance that are in jesus was on an island called patmos because of the word of god and the testimony of jesus I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet saying, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyteria, Sardis, Philadelphia, 
Laodicea. When I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me, when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was the one like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe and with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. The hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like a fiery flame. His feet were like fine bronze as he was fired, uh, fired in a furnace, and his voice like the sound of cascading waters. He had seven stars in his right hand, a sharp double-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was shining like the sun at full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead. But look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write what you have seen, what is, and what will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars you saw on my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you knowing that your word will not fail us and today in this moment you have ordained each of us to be here to hear your word proclaimed to learn from your word but most importantly to be changed by your word so God I pray that the word that we have opened today will be from you and through the Holy Spirit you would change us to be more like your son. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, Sarah's family is known for decades of playing together uh, card games. Now, just for good Baptists, not for money, for fun. And uh, they played gin rummy, scotch bridge, spoons, that sort of thing. That's what they would do when cousins would get together and they would challenge with grandma. And so Sarah has got a long history of playing cards well. And I am not ashamed to say she beats the tail off of me. I mean, I cannot even begin to sit at the table with her. There is... A, every game she said well let me show you how to play this and then she just beats me into the ground until I'm sully and sulking and sad and 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 then she you know she's not a very good winner and um and um and uh so so I've just determined I, I mean I mean I tried one game I tried another game I tried and then and finally I just folded it in and I threw I said I'm never playing with you again the most part I haven't except for Uno which I can win at okay that's not a real Uno but the question becomes that we often has as have as Christians is it's become so difficult for us and the church we might ask the question is it time to fold up and give in in May 2017 Australian tennis legend and Pentecostal Christian Margaret Court wrote an open letter uh, opposing um, the airline Qantas when it was promoting same-sex marriage. And she wrote against it, but Martina Navratilova wrote in response, she said, thank you Qantas for your support 
And Margaret, you've gone too far. You're on the wrong side of history. We hear that a lot. Are Christians on the wrong side of history? Each generation we have seen becoming less and less having a religion involved in church. Here in Boone County, only 9% of the population attend a religious service on a Sunday. We get discouraged based on the culture. We get discouraged understanding where are things going. Should we fold? Should we give up? The Bible would say, may it never be, because we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is His church, and He's not done building His church. Amen? We cannot fold up. We cannot give in. Jesus says in this text that we are to be faithful because he will give us victory. The giving of this letter to John was a, a, a miraculous thing for Jesus to give to John to give to the churches. In that time, the Roman Empire was hot and heavy and strong. It is greatest empire that ever has faced the earth. And it was bringing persecution to the church in many different ways. And this message and this moment and this letter and this word from Jesus was to say to a persecuted church, be vic you're going to be victorious no matter what is happening. I will give you victory. You need to be faithful. And that is the message here as we begin, understanding that Jesus is calling us to be faithful. And as I said, in chapters 2 and 3, we're going to be looking at how the churches were both faithful and unfaithful. We're going to see how we should be encouraged to be like them and be challenged to not be like them. But today, we need to hear the most important message that Jesus tells us that we will have victory and we need to be faithful. What is the words that he opens up with? He is telling us that we will be blessed. Think of this. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of John being put on the island of Patmos, which is a prison uh, uh, island to do work in his 90s, by the way, to be suffering where all the other apostles were put to death, he is saying, be faithful. I'm going to give you victory. And that may encourage us in our day. It may encourage us as the church. It may encourage you as a Christian because we see a lot of things going wrong, but Jesus is telling us to be faithful. How do blessings come, Jesus says? Well, in verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep what is written in it because the time is near. We must faithful brother and sister you know often Christians in today's world as well as churches fail in two different ways we react to persecution and and pressure from the world by doing one of two things wrong one we try to fit in with the culture and try to 
camouflage ourselves by looking more like the culture than what God has called us to be in his word. People in Christians and churches bend their beliefs not to parts of the Bible, but to what the world thinks right now. Other Christians uh, take a different approach. They want to remain faithful, but they use Christianity as sort of a, a little vitamin to take to make them feel good throughout the week, a very superficial nature where they take the parts that they like and leave the parts that are hard. Maybe the church or the Christian comes more, drawn, uh, more about drawing a crowd than being faithful, or maybe entertainment above the word. But the scriptures teach us a different route. It teaches us to be faithful, faithful to hear the word, read the word, live the word, and be part of the great commission. Jesus is telling us, I'm giving you victory no matter what happens, so I'm telling you to be faithful. Now, Nancy Guthrie has written in a stupendous book called Blessed on Revelation, and she observes this. Revelation has its own unique way of pressing us into Christ, illuminating the person and work of Christ, nourishing our love for Christ. It simply won't allow us to rest on the laurels of seasons in the past that we live by faith and we're bold in our testimony to Jesus Christ. It demands fresh obedience and boldness from us today. It won't allow us to settle for a go to church on Sunday and live like everyone else all week kind of faith. It intends to shake us out of apathy and compromise. It intends to infuse our worship with wonder. Brothers and sisters, this is the message that Jesus is giving us. That we can be faithful to stand on every promise of his word, to stand on everything that the Bible teaches and obey it, to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are to not fold up, give up, shrink back, slink back. We are to press forward with gospel light because Jesus will give us victory. Amen? So three reasons we should be faithful. Okay? Number one. We should be encouraged to be faithful because we have trusted message from Jesus. We can be encouraged to be faithful because we have a trusted message from Jesus. We can be encouraged to remain faithful because we have a sure message that we will have victory. We're going to be persecuted, pressed, crushed down, pressed on every side, right? The word says... But in the midst of that, we know that Jesus has given us a sure testimony and message that whatever happens to you, I will keep you and give you victory. And I'm going to give victory to my church because that is what's going to stand in the end. Now, because of the apocalyptic language, the differing views of Revelation, the lack of biblical understanding, and many people read this and see, well, this is just a fairy tale. This is just something we don't need to understand or think about. But John painstakingly illuminated and inspired by the Lord 
make sure that we understand this is not a vision he made up because he had a bad day or he's dehydrated or he was old instead he carefully crafted by God a message to deliver to us while he was on the island of Patmos he said he was delivered by the Lord Jesus by an angel and he says that I bring grace and peace to you not just from somebody but the triune God what does he say in verse 5 4 from the one who is and who was and who is to come it's God the Father from the seven spirits now let me just I got to back up just a second to help you understand apocalyptic language seven completion perfection what is the seven spirits it's the perfect spirit the spirit of God and in verse four sorry verse five from Jesus Christ the son of God this is not a made-up message this is from the triune God himself to give a message to us and his people. And 404 verses with 285 uh, Old Testament citations, 550 Old Testament allusions, we discover this is a book to be read, not rejected. And its message is the confirmation to encourage us to carry on, to be brave, to understand that as Peter, sorry, as John said, I who am undergoing punishment and suffering just as you are, he says, that I've got a message from the Lord to you and to me that we will have victory. We need to carry on. We need to be brave. We need to be faithful. And that ultimately we understand that all believers in Christ will be victorious. Now, the message of Revelation has differing views of, is it, is it history, is it, um, is it, is it future, is it, um, uh, is it um, um, uh, good for all of us? Well, it's all of these things, because it was a message to the church in the first century. And so he was calling the people in the first century under persecution of Rome to be faithful. He was also encouraging believers throughout the centuries to be ideally faithful when persecution comes. And ultimately, he's giving us a message for the future victory that we will have in Christ Jesus. And how does he do this? Well, he helps us to see that all of the Bible is pointing us to a faithful message of victory in Jesus. He goes in, in verses 6, uh, specifically 12 through 16, he quotes or uses Daniel and the vision of Daniel to help us understand that this victory is sure it will come to pass the one the son of man will make sure victory happens what what is the passage from Daniel well it says uh, Daniel wrote as I kept watching thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat his clothing was white as snow and the hair of his head like whitest wool his throne was a flaming fire its wheels were blazing fire a river of fire was flowing coming out of his presence thousands upon thousands served him ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him the court was convened the books were open i watched then because of the sound of the arrogant words of the horn was speaking 
And as I continued watching, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was removed, but an extension of life was granted to them for a certain t- period of time. And I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like a son of man was coming with clouds of heaven, and he approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted from him. Brothers and sisters, this word continually shows and points us to Jesus as being the one who has all wisdom, all authority, all understanding, who who will reign forever and ever. And when we understand this, we can say, for sure, we will have victory. You know, it's important when we get a message for it to be accurate. You know, it's interesting They say that the weather reports, seven-day forecasts are 80% accurate. (laughs) And uh, five-day forecasts are 90% accurate. Unless you're in northern Kentucky and they're trying to uh, forecast snow, uh, I think those numbers might be a little good, but that's not very accurate, is it? It's not 100%. We can't always plan our day when we know that it can't be accurate especially the snow thing it drives me crazy when when they're calling for two feet of snow and we get two centimeters of snow or when they're calling for two centimeters of snow and we get two feet of snow but we know that we need and depend on accurate message well brother and sister you can stake your life and eternity an accurate message that Jesus will give you victory that we know no matter what happens to you Christ will be faithful Joel Beek says at every point from start to finish Christ is the Lord of history he was present at the beginning and is at work through all time in the lives of men, the affairs of nations, the rise and fall of civilizations, the cycles of nature, and when time has run its course, he will write the final chapter and give final disposition to all things. Brother and sister, you might be facing persecution now. You might lose your job because you will not parrot or bow the message that culture wants to put in your mouth you might be shunned from your family because you worship the risen Jesus you might have deep deep valleys but Jesus said he will give you victory Satan will try to discourage you, deceive you, and stop you. But friends, do not give up because Jesus has delivered a message of victory. And it's sure. So stay faithful because we have a message of guaranteed victory. Number two, we should be encouraged to be faithful because Jesus is alive. Knowing that Jesus lives, we have the strength and courage to remain faithful. Jesus gives a message to John who is in intense suffering the same message to pass on to the churches who are under persecution and pass on today what is that? what is that? verse 17 let me find it 
when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he laid his right hand to me and said, do not be afraid. Boy, I think someone here needed to hear that this morning. Don't be afraid. Maybe you've been listening to the squawk box or you've been doom scrolling on social media this week and, and you are scared or worried or upset or you're where is life going where's the world going where's culture going and you get into a frenzy because you think everything's going away Jesus says to you don't be afraid this is what Jesus wants us to hear what's the foundation of not being fearful what is it he continues on I'm the first and the last I am the living one I was dead but look I'm alive forever and ever, amen, and I hold the keys to death and the grave. Brothers and sisters, why can we be courageous? Because Jesus is alive. Jesus highlights two things about his work and the good news about what he's done for us, his death and resurrection, that he was truly dead, that his death guaranteed guaranteed an atonement for sin that his death paid for our sins that was against God that we deserve death and punishment we deserve to be thrown in the pit of fire but instead Jesus paid on the cross by his perfect life that those who trust in him will not perish he even said this when he died it is finished the expression was dead comes like the sound of a peal of bells tolling the death of death and ringing in jubilee for all who believe in Jesus. But also, that I am no longer dead, but I am alive forevermore. He is alive. He has given us guaranteed victory. This is that God has given him because he is now alive. He didn't stay dead, that he has power over death. He has power over the second death that, that when we die, our future is held in whose hands? His hands. So that those who have faith and trust in him will live forever. Jesus being alive shows that Jesus wants to save his children because he wants to put the end to death and ultimately in eternity with him. That is the message of Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Jesus is putting death to death and it's because he's alive. Can you imagine how this felt John, can you imagine to those Christians who were being persecuted, their loved ones were taken away, thrown to the lions, put in the Colosseum, burnt uh, at night, wondering what would happen next. Imagine the confidence and comfort that it must have heard them say, I, Jesus, am in charge of death and in the place where that you go to die. It meant they didn't have to be afraid that someone or something might prematurely take their lives or the lives of their loved ones. And neither do we. Because if the worst this world and Satan can do to us is kill us, it opens the door 
everlasting life with him. Brothers and sisters, we know that Jesus is alive and that gives us victory to face everything that we will go against now until he returns. But can I tell you some even more good news? That Jesus gives us life now. That when Jesus invades our heart, he brings our dead souls to life. That we get to see the world how he sees it. That we get to live for him. That we get to do the things that he wants us to do. And we're no longer falling and tripping and failing over our sins and ourselves. But we are set on a path of joy and goodness and obedience in him. You know, when you're on the airplane, they go through the security things and they say, you know, if the, the oxygen mask comes down, put it on yourself before you help someone else. Well, why is that? Because dead people can't help other people stay alive. So you need to make sure you're alive and you have oxygen so that you can help someone else. Friends, Jesus is alive and he helps us be alive. And in doing so, we know that he encourages us in our walk to be alive in him that Jesus is alive, that Jesus has the power to bring things to life, to bring things that weren't there before, to recreate us, make us new, that Jesus said that we were dead in our trespasses, trespasses, that Jesus did a miracle in us that brought dead people to life. And that's what he does in the Christian. By grace, he is doing that now in the life of of all those who believe. He reaches out to touch spiritually dead boys and girls and awakens them to his kindness and love. He reaches out and brings to life spiritually dead young men and women, instilling in them a passion to live for him. He touches spiritually dead older men and women who may have spent a lifetime without Christ, without church, without joy, coming to life and alive to joy in Jesus. We all in this room need to have a relationship with Jesus because he brings dead things to life. Everyone in this room, maybe someone here needs to trust in Jesus for the first time and come to life in him and be born again. To trust by faith that you might be born in him. Maybe you are in this room and you've been falling away. Maybe you've been falling in your dead nature or maybe you've been uh, falling away from him you're being unfaithful to obeying his word well you need Jesus to bring you to life into joy and obedience it's a wonderful day that we celebrate discipleship launch today because we are encouraging what Jesus said he will do in us Jesus has given this wonderful gift of the church to come alongside the spirit within us to encourage us to walk like Jesus and we believe that the work that the spirit is doing to bring us to life that each one of us can pour into the life of each other and help us look more like Jesus that we are alive in him and therefore brothers and sisters when we are faced with persecution we can remain faithful because Jesus is alive and he encourages us to live faithful to him. Third and finally, 
we should be encouraged to be faithful because Jesus is with his church. In verse 19 through 20, it says, Therefore, write what you have seen, what, uh, excuse me, let me try that again. Therefore, write what you have seen, what is, and what will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars you saw on my right hand and of the gold, seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Knowing the message is true, and knowing that we see greater comfort, and knowing that we should be faithful in the days ahead because Jesus is alive, it helps us to be even more encouraged because Jesus will be with his church. Jesus now becomes our teacher and interpreter in these words. John begins to unfold the mystery, another clear reference to Daniel. The lampstands, he says, are clearly identified as churches. The angels are heavenly beings. The word used for angels is referenced approximately 60 times in Revelation so that we know these are spiritual beings. Thus, the angels are not human leaders or representatives, but instead the representation of the perfect nature of our spiritual nature in Christ. And the churches then are addressed by their representative angels, apparently to remind us as believers we are not of the earth dwellers. We're not of this world. We are special to him. And one of the purposes of the church meeting in this time is reminding us of our heavenly existence, reminding us that we are modeling the worship of that of angels, that we are gathered by God's people and we will be his people forever. And what and who is standing among these lampstands? Jesus. He is showing himself as reigning and standing that he will reign forever and ever, that his kingdom will not fall, his church will not fall. And the end of that passage that I had read earlier, Daniel 7, 14 says, he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. So brother and sister, know that you can continue to the end because Jesus is standing with you. He's standing with us. Jesus standing with us comforts his church because we see all the things that are going to happen. He is right with us so that we don't have to fear. Jesus is the defender of his people. Christ enables the church to shine in the world. We are lampstands, just as the lampstands of the, the temple, that we are to be the light of the world, that Jesus has given us a place to shine out in the gospel. Jesus is jealous for his church. He professes his name. He longs for it to be his and only his, that we're to be faithful to him, and that Christ maintains the church. So that we might see over history that his church expands, it diminishes, but Christ will always keep a remnant remaining to serve him. So we need to be reminded and encouraged that Jesus promises to be with us. And especially, he promises to be with us as we are faithful to him. Our brother last week reminded us of this. In the Great Commission, right? In 
Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. If you do these things, if you're baptizing, if you're teaching, if you're being faithful to me, and I am with you to the end of the age. Brother and sister, we have Christ who is being faithful with us as we are faithful to him. Therefore, today, I challenge you and us to be faithful, especially to the line, observe everything I have commanded you. We believe at Hebrew Baptist Church that because we know the ancient process, a discipleship process, the Jesus process of disciples making disciples, we encourage you to be someone who is a disciple in a life group and a D group to help you observe everything Jesus commands. So we encourage you to be a part of the process of discipleship. Maybe you are a college football fan and you know Nick Saban in Alabama, one of the greater dynasties of the last decade. And he always talks process, 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 process. Well, we're saying, hey, join in this discipleship process with us. Commit to a group that you will meet to weekly that will help you apply the Bible together in a life group. Find two or three people to gather together in a D group to help you learn to read the Bible, be held accountable to read the Bible, and be accountable to share the gospel. And use these gifts to equip each other so that the, the movement of discipleship doesn't stop with you, but continues to your brother and sister in the pew and the new believer that comes through the gospel sharing that we do. The part of this process is that we encourage you to do, that we encourage you to be in life with other people. And Mark, Pastor Mark and our elders, we talk about this all, to, all the time, that we believe that if you commit to life groups, if you commit to D groups, and you do it for a year, you'll never look back. You'll see that as a place that you'll always see a life group and D group as something important to you. So we encourage you today, as you leave this place, find a connection in a life group. Fill out the D group card and, and, and find, help, we'll help you get connected with other believers that will encourage you to read the Bible, walk in the Bible. And maybe it's just even also an encouragement for you to be connected to other believers. Maybe to you who have been long lonely since COVID. Or maybe you see a world that seems disjointed and connected. That God is bringing to you relationships that you can find deeper and that you can be countercultural in relationship with people, with Christ and his community. So we challenge you today to do these things that we might be faithful because we believe, and as we, the book goes on, things will get harder. Things will not get easier. We know that the culture is under the impression of the devil. But we can't give up. We can't shrink back. We must be faithful because Christ is faithful. And brothers and sisters, we can be faithful 
because we have been given a faithful, victorious king. Let me close by giving you this message to encourage us all. Nancy Guthrie helps us to see this mission of faithfulness from the whole message of Revelation. The message of Revelation is this, that we, the opposition we can expect to escalate, the endurance we need to cultivate, the judgment we will celebrate, the victory in which we will participate, the enemy of Jesus will annihilate, annihilate the sorrow he will alleviate, the creation he will regenerate, the marriage he will consummate, and the home we can anticipate sharing with him forever. May that encourage you, brothers and sisters, to be faithful. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this reminder to be faithful. And as over the next few weeks, we will look to see how we might be faithful, be challenged to be faithful, and how be encouraged to continue in what we're doing well. May we, Lord, be faithful. And God, I pray that you would help us to be submitted to you as our king. That if there's someone here that does not know you, that Lord, by your spirit would draw them near, that they would be reborn to see you as king and brought into the family of Christ. But help, Lord, that you would help us all to be faithful by the spirit, by your word, that we would be faithful until you come again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Let's respond proclaiming that Christ alone is our hope.
what a great reminder and challenge to us just as we've read here in Revelation the time is near we need to be about sharing the gospel and who's God put around us that we can share the gospel with what a great testimony two things uh, that we need to be looking around finding someone so who the challenge is for you who is your one who will you invite to church next Sunday who will you invite to church to life group who will you maybe invite into a d group relationship uh, who is that one person that you will bring to Christ and to his church and amazingly the other thing that I noticed man Jesus can even change a New York Giants heart that's pretty that's pretty amazing for Philadelphia Eagles fans I didn't think that was possible but we can see that Jesus can do anything amen he changed the evil heart like mine and so amen friends uh, guests we're so glad that you are here uh, we hope that you did have a chance to fill out the connect card uh, we hope that you would um, uh, make sure that before you leave you stop by our next steps desk and that you would make sure that you connect with us also as we leave as you've been challenged to do to be involved in a life group or a d group so if you're not part of life group we encourage you all of our leaders or at least representatives from our groups will be out there stop by find out more see what they do when they meet when they're starting all that stuff also the d group go ahead and fill that card out now, that doesn't commit you right this minute right so uh, but it will help us that we can start putting people together that you can work together with uh, men in a small group in a d group and women in a group with one another in a d group and we'll start working through that so do that today drop that at the next steps desk as well we look forward to seeing what god will do as we are faithful and encouraging each other to be faithful together now the day's not over it's an exciting day but today we've got back to school bash at four o'clock uh, we encourage you to come a couple quick things that i need to let you know about uh, first uh, men if you have the opportunity uh, go down and help we're moving tables and chairs up to the front lawn uh, so uh, we'll need need help in doing that also if you can come a little early to uh, welcome guests or to to help in moving things around we'll be all giving hot dogs and food and dreamy whip ice cream which I'm, I'm you know I'm super excited about uh, let me just give you a little thing before because I don't I won't have everybody together um, you get one dreamy whip ice cream not 15 trips uh, and uh, you will need to register and uh, I will there will be a link that I'll send out so that you can register so that we can kind of keep track of it because Dreamy Whip is unfortunately expensive ice cream and so we want to make sure that everybody gets one ice cream and our guests get one ice cream but we hope that you'll come we also need, need some people to help with registration which is basically handing out ice cream tickets uh, once they see the registration is done if you're willing to do that please come see me to do that um, let's see uh, also if you're interested in learning more about Hebrew Baptist Church joining church uh, we are having a new members class here in just a couple of weeks you can sign up get the information for that at the next steps desk it will meet September 10th 17th and 24th uh, Sunday mornings so we hope that you will come be a part of that and then finally we'd love for you to be a part of the children's ministry uh, we have uh, we are close to having uh, an increased opportunity for our children to break out and to do that we've got two Sundays we can split the large elementary group up now we just need two more volunteers that will help us to split the other two Sundays so if you can volunteer see Steve or Christy and you can uh, talk to them about that we also need two volunteers for the nursery 
to help kind of fill that up we need to look beyond that because we've got a lot of babies coming and so we want to be ready for that but also we're going to need subs so like if uh, for example my wife has a sick kid um, I can't stay home so she can come volunteer you know uh, but if you have a sub that can fill in for her what a blessing that is and our volunteers who are in head of that can still come to church and we have subs filling in and we're all taking part of this so we hope that you'll volunteer for all those things see Steve uh, and uh, today so that you can volunteer for that well our final thing of our act of worship is giving through generosity you can do that several ways uh, in the QR code in the pew in front of you you can scan that and give electronically scan up here on the screen or if you're at home you can do that at the bottom of your screen or in just a second we'll be passing the plate and so let's use this as an act of worship knowing Jesus gives us victory and that all these things that we're doing for the community God gives us the, through the generosity of his people to be able to be generous to others so let's ask God to bless our time this morning Father thank you so much for the opportunity to worship you as we give and Lord thank you for the faithfulness of many we pray Lord that you would help us to become more generous people and we're thankful for the, the, what you've given us so that we can do things like uh, uh, back-to-school bash and, um, and our children's ministry and all the things that the provisions go for. So, Lord, we're thankful for this. And may you help us in, with the increase that we might increase to give more. In Jesus' name, amen.
Oh! 